Welcome to Man Shopping with Stacy, where it's my mission to help other singles like me find more joy and happiness in their lives as they are right now. I'm your host, Stacy Weimer, and you're listening to episode 27, Single Parent Dating, part one. You can always count on me to keep it real, so I'm here to tell you that nothing complicates dating more than children, as they should, right? Well, it probably comes as no surprise to you that I have received countless requests to do some podcast episodes on this topic. Really hits home with a lot of people, whether you are divorced with children of your own, or if you are a single person out in the world dating those of us with kids, it's a hot topic and there's a lot to learn here and some tough uh, waters to navigate for sure. So I have (laughs) two decades of experience to draw from in this area. I'm going to get super vulnerable and share with you some embarrassing, funny stories that maybe have left me with a little guilt and maybe a touch of PTSD um, from my dating life in my early 30s when my daughter was just four, five, and six years old. I'm going to share these stories with you, hopefully to help you feel related to, as I always try to do, to let you know that you are not alone, making mistakes, learning as you go, and also hopefully to make you laugh. And lastly, because we all need to learn from these things, and I like to think that I have. So I'm going to begin by giving you an example of some early mistakes that I made. So let me set the scene for you. It was a brisk Saturday night on the Country Club Plaza at a restaurant called Brio. I was out with two of my girlfriends. We called ourselves the Neapolitan Sunday. One of my friends is a beautiful Filipino. She was strawberry. My gorgeous black friend, well, of course, she was chocolate. And here I am, boring old vanilla. Yes. The three of us were out at the bar hoping to attract the attention of men. And boy, did we. With our very different looks, but very similar outgoing personalities, (laughs) We sure did have a lot of guys looking our way and offering us drinks. We were young. I was about 30, 31 years old at the time and absolutely clueless as to what dating was like in the adult world. I had been married since I was 23 years old and I was the mother of a preschooler. So when a very good-looking guy my age walked over to me and tried to strike up a conversation, it took me about 10 seconds flat to screw that up. I laughed at him when he told me he was 27. Oh my God, you are far too young for me. You just obviously don't have the life experience that I have had because, I mean, you're like four years younger than me, you've never been married, and you don't have any kids. We live in totally different worlds. Clearly, I should not even be talking to you. Try again. Maybe maybe go over there and talk to Strawberry. She doesn't have any kids. For real. Like, I was ridiculous. Ridiculous. I immediately would blurt out that I had a child. I, this whole idea of being 30 really like threw me. So I would just use my age and the fact that I had a young child as some sort of defense mechanism to like ward off any potential suitor, which is so ironic because I was out with my girlfriends hoping to meet someone to date, but yet. I couldn't help myself but stick my foot in my mouth as soon as anyone would approach me. And I really do think I was very guarded. I probably wasn't ready to date. I probably just didn't recognize that. I liked the idea of it, but clearly I was insecure and guarded very, very, very guarded. So I displayed that type of behavior ongoing. Like, probably for the first couple of years that I was divorced. Like 
instead of just being proud of myself for building my new life for my daughter and I, and all of the things that I accomplished in that small amount of time after divorcing Lanny's dad, instead of being proud of what I what I did and the choices that I was making, I actually, you know, introduced myself as kind of damaged goods. Like, oh, you don't you think you you think you're interested in me, but if you really knew what I was dealing with or whatever, you you wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. Well, I was dead ass wrong. I mean, I <laughs> as I got out there in the dating world, I met plenty of men who were bachelors, who were very interested in getting to know me, who were not put off by the fact that I had been divorced or had a young child. I also ended up dating a couple of dads who had children of their own and could relate to me on an entirely different level. But I'm telling you, right out of the gates, I absolutely scared off plenty of eligible good guys that I could have dated because of my own insecurities and hangups. I should have given myself more time to adjust to my new spot in life. And I just didn't. I was in a hurry. I wanted to move on. I wanted a boyfriend. I wanted, I've said before in previous podcasts, I had baby fever. Like I wanted more children. I, I wanted that feeling of a traditional family with a stepdad for my daughter and a family unit and more babies and a wedding and a husband. I wanted all of that. I kind of felt like, you know, my marriage to Lainey's dad was my, or my divorce, I should say, you know, was more unexpected and it wasn't at all the life that I had um, envisioned for myself. So I was on a mission, you know, to replace it and to make it whole again or make us whole again, I guess. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to um, a guy that I dated that I've talked about in previous episodes. He was from my rebound episode, and I lovingly refer to him as Funkel. Now, I'm not going to get too in-depth with this because I have talked about him kind of a significant amount in other episodes, but in relation to dating as a single parent, he offered me the most early lessons. My daughter was four years old when I was dating Funkel. Immediately during like our separation, my separation with Lainey's dad and divorce. So obviously he was my rebound guy and I had no clue what I was doing. And so he was like the guinea pig of all guinea pigs. And he had some experience um, in relationships with single mothers, and they were very challenging, difficult, and negative. So we both brought a significant amount of like trauma and um, just very complicated emotions. And it was just very, very challenging. So some of the things that I learned through dating Funkel, one of them was the biggest one, right? Because he is a fun uncle and so loving and so kind with his nieces and nephews, I made the leap that he not only would be a good stepdad to my daughter, but that he wanted to be a stepdad to my daughter. Neither of those things are true. We broke up more than once because he did not see himself in the role of stepdad. He wanted to have his own children. He didn't want to deal with the complications of dating or of raising, you know, dating a woman with a child or raising that woman's child. So that's a big deal. So I really was just in denial a lot of the time that we were together on again, off again for about a year and a half. And during that time, I did observe some things, especially in Lainey's behavior that I was trying to understand, such as she acted out in front of him more than normal. 
I think she was just seeking attention, which is natural and normal. And I recognized it, but again, I didn't quite know what to make of it. I also got the feeling that she never really warmed up to him. He was a big teddy bear of a guy with a great sense of humor, but with her, the humor didn't come off as genuine, like something she could trust, and she never really did. There was also a time or two where we were in a bind and actually stayed over at his house together, as in like during our move into the city. Now, Lainey was so little, she didn't understand like that she was at this guy's house that I was dating. I mean, as I talked to her about it, she knew that it was a friend of mine in Kansas City and she knew we were going to stay one night and I built it up. We were going to have a fun sleepover, things like that. But I will tell you, I remember a time or two that she absolutely regressed and wet the bed. Is there any clearer sign that your child is going through something emotionally than when they regress in such an obvious way? So this was, I mean, I was a little embarrassed. I'm like, I swear she, she's potty trained. She was potty trained at like 18 months old, unusually early, actually. So this was a big deal. Um, now, granted, she did wear the little pull-up things until she was probably three and could hold it through the night. But this was an obvious setback. So she gave me some little signs along the way, too, that maybe this was not a match made in heaven. But if I'm granting myself a little bit of grace, which I am in retrospect now, it was just a big, huge learning experience for all of us. And that's okay. I didn't know, and I don't think Funkel knew either, exactly where our relationship was going to take us. I had some dreams and visions, like I said, of of marriage and more children and a happy future with him or another boyfriend along the way. It was too soon for me to know. But I sure did have a lot to figure out back then. I managed to squeeze in some fun, too. I remember this one guy that I met out actually at my friend's jazz club. I was with another single girlfriend of mine and the best looking guy walked in and our eyes connected. (sighs) It was that whole look from across the room situation going on and it was intense I asked my friend who owned the bar, hey, do you know that guy over there? And he did. So he introduced my friend and I to the two guys that entered the room. We ended up having drinks together and had such a good time. And he lived in this crazy cool loft downtown within walking distance of the jazz club. And so he invited my girlfriend and I to join the two of them back over at his place for a nightcap. And of course we were down. Oh my gosh, absolutely 100% in. These guys were fun. And so we went over to his place and we like coupled up, right? Like before long, I was kissing, I'm going to call him, I'm going to call him Malibu Ken. He's from Kansas City, but he lived in California for a few years and definitely has the California look about him. The wavy blonde hair, the blue eyes, the great body, totally laid back personality. Malibu Ken. Yes. So Malibu Ken and I commenced like making out, right? And my friend was preoccupied with his friend and I declared right away as I still sometimes have a habit of doing, hey, I don't want to give you the wrong idea. Like, I'm not going to have sex with you. Like, (laughs) I know I just came back over to your place and I know we just met a couple hours ago, but I just don't want you to get any ideas because that is not happening. Oh, no, 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 of course not. Like, he's a total gentleman, right? And so we had fun. I checked in with the babysitter that was with Lainey. So I had... 
Um, (laughs) I had a friend who had a fantastic nanny. And this nanny watched her children during the day while she worked. And I don't know, I can't remember. She might've even lived with them. Um, but I asked like, hey, if if you're not in need of your nanny, you know, on the weekends or, or, or at nighttime or whatever, could I tap into that? Could I borrow your nanny? Can I pay her to watch Lainey so that I can go out on occasion? And so um, this wonderful, fantastic young lady, she was in her 20s. It wasn't like a kid or anything, um, was at my house with my little girl who had obviously been asleep since probably 9 p.m., right? So it was late. It was like really late. And I I had checked in with her at some point during the evening, like, hey, would it be a big deal if I was out like really late tonight? Is that okay? Like, how do you feel about like, you know, stay in a little while, like go to sleep and I'll let you know when I get in. And she was so sweet and so accommodating. And I knew that Lainey was safe and in good hands that I just stayed out really, really late. It wasn't all night or anything, but I know I got an Uber home. And when I got there, I felt like such, such shit. Like, I just felt so guilty. Like, I am a mother. I should not be out until all hours of the night canoodling with Malibu Ken. For the love, I should be at home with my preschooler, you know? What kind of woman am I? What kind of mother am I? I am, you know, this stereotypical, um, irresponsible, single parent, you know? I was very hard on myself. In fact, I remember joking with Malibu Ken on the phone later, like, yeah, I'm mom of the year over here, you know? Felt terrible. And it was just self-induced guilt. I really hadn't done anything wrong. I got a safe ride home. My daughter was in good hands. I was paying for said caregiver who gave me permission. I mean, it was all on the up and up, but I definitely did not feel like it. I felt really bad about my choices. And I continued, like I went on another date or two with Malibu Ken and I really screwed that deal up too because he was so good looking, you guys, like the, by far, like the most attractive guy I had gone out with. And because of that, I attributed factors to him that were not even accurate. Like I just assumed he was a playboy. I just assumed he just wanted a physical relationship. I assumed that he wouldn't be interested in me because I was divorced and I had a young daughter interested in me in anything more but a good time. I know now in analyzing that little you know, fling I had with Malibu Ken that I really, I really fucked it up. Um, He was actually giving me every sign that he was interested in actually dating me. He was calling me to talk on the phone to learn about me. He set up like a nice date night where, and I know it was kind of his thing, let me be honest. He had a, like a taxi driver um, that he knew personally and instead of like having to call for random cars throughout the night, like if he hopped around from a restaurant to a bar to wherever, um, he just had this one on standby, but he got us a car and we went to dinner and then we went out and listened to music and then we went back to his place and he was absolutely a doll. Um, I am the one who misread him. So again, the insecurity, the, you know, I just, I just had some hangups. I don't know what else to call it, that I just was not comfortable in my own skin yet. And I didn't see myself as a strong, confident, loving, kind, worthy individual worthy of a real solid relationship with someone. And it definitely hampered (laughs) like my, my, um, 
dating life a lot. Uh, so it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad looking back. Um, at some point after those two guys, I was set up with a really nice guy. The first guy I had ever dated who was actually a dad. And he had a couple of kids and a boy and a girl. And we dated um, for a few months. And I really liked him and thought it might go somewhere. But it was kind of one of those scenarios where I knew I liked him. I knew there were some things that probably didn't really align with what I was really looking for in a partner. And like logistically, he lived pretty far away from me in a different part of the city. I knew that he was determined to raise his children in that part of the city. I also knew that I was not willing to move there. So out of the gates, like that was kind of setting myself up or us up for failure because we had young children in, you know, early, early elementary school pre-K, kindergarten, you know, young kids. And I already knew that he wasn't moving his kids to a different school district and neither was I. So I don't know what I really thought was going to come of it, but I really wanted to give it a chance because this guy was just so sweet. He was so sweet. We had so many things in common. We really developed our relationship for once in my life, I swear it was like in a really healthy way. We went on real dates. He asked me out. He called me all the time. We had some mutual friends. Uh, We got along with one another's friend groups. We really, really enjoyed one another. And so I did make the decision to introduce Lainey to him and his kids. And it wasn't that I thought, oh my God, I'm going to marry this guy. Um, I'm in love with him. Um, I see a future. No, I just knew that it was solid enough that my little girl, knowing that we're going to go over and like play at somebody's house, it was going to be a safe, calm, you know, good interaction. There wasn't, you know, any risk, real risk of doing any damage, I didn't think. So I took her over to his house to meet his kids. And his kids were very rambunctious and wild, which is normal of little kids. My little girl at the time was a little bit more introverted and quiet and and not quite the same, I guess. So I could tell like she was a little uncomfortable. Plus, you know, she was kind of odd man out. They had one another, his son and daughter, you know, and my my girl was on the outside looking in. So I noticed a few things like they didn't really share stuff with her. You know, she asked, I remember, for like a coloring page and it was like, "Mm, yeah, no, uh -uh, I'm not going to not going to share that with you. And dad didn't step in either. And so that was like an early indicator that, wow, this whole like parenting together thing (laughs) looks hard (laughs) because we're just doing like a, a little play date get together on a Saturday afternoon and I'm seeing flags, you know, nothing major enough for me to grow too concerned though. Like she had fun. They got, I mean, my daughter had fun. His kids seemed to be good. So we did it again, a couple more times. And then you guys, it was the holidays. I had fallen into a very strong like with this guy. Started seeing things that I thought wow, this really could go somewhere. Met his parents, spent some time with them. They were fantastic. You know, just our relationship just kind of got kicked up a notch. So much so that I decided, we decided to spend the holidays together. Wow, that was a bold move. That was a, I'm really excited about you and I want to spend Christmas with you. So let's get the kids together and see how it goes. Holy shit. That was, that was a big deal. So we did. 
Um, wrapped the gifts, got the Santa stuff together, planned out some meals, loaded up and went to his house for Christmas. And things went, you know, not exactly like I expected. I remember I've always been a foodie. I've always gone out of my way to bake and cook and make lots of special things. And I remember his son eating a hot dog, (laughs) cut up hot dog instead of whatever I had made for dinner. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's just something I should expect to happen. Like his kids don't eat food like this, you know, but again, this is, you just kind of learn as you go, right? I mean, I could definitely understand that his little boy maybe was unfamiliar with whatever it was that I had made, certainly didn't hold it against him totally understandable out of a little kid. But at the same time, I thought, man, I mean, like our traditions, our food, our, you know, way that we celebrate, some of it just really was not lining up. And I started growing like over the course of the evening more and more like uncomfortable with the situation. And then it all came to a head. His kids were playing and they were getting out of control. He lost his temper and yelled at them, which was not a good look. But worse than that, he looked at his son and called him the R word. Like, you moron. But the R word in front of me, in front of my daughter... And I just couldn't believe it. I was absolutely shocked. I really was taken aback. And I thought I knew him better than that. I was really surprised. And I continued to push through the evening, growing more and more uncomfortable and regretful of spending this Christmas Eve with them. So I also felt stuck, you know, my daughter and I had committed to being there. We had packed everything up. I mean, we were in it, you know? So I remember like tucking her in on the couch, getting her ready for Christmas morning. Santa's coming. Are you so excited? And she was, and she had so much fun playing with his kids. She, you know, she's just having a good time. Like she was pretty oblivious to my growing concerns, you know? So what do I do but get into bed with my boyfriend of several months and proceed to have the first and only panic attack I have ever experienced. And it was awful. It was the most horrible feeling I have ever, Oh my gosh, I seriously was just freaking out. I was laying in bed with him, like staring at the ceiling going, what in the hell have I gotten us into? What are we doing here? I, everything in me like was screaming, just pack her up and go home. Like, let's just leave. Let's just get out but I didn't. I just, I just stayed. I mean, it was nighttime. It was Christmas Eve. I just stayed. And again, this is a kind hearted guy, just a little ignorant, I guess, on the parenting thing. I don't know. I have no um, excuse for his behavior, you know? And I also was so inexperienced in communicating about stuff like this that I just, I didn't even know how to talk to him about it. So I didn't. So we got up the next morning, had a blast. I mean, it was good. We survived. I survived the night. The kids, of course, they had fun. It was, you know, Christmas morning. They opened their gifts. It was all good. My daughter had a good time. It was fun. I think we like ate some breakfast together and then I got us the fuck 
out. I was like, okay, well, we need to get back home. I think we're going to go visit, you know, some family later. And we got out of there. And I had the biggest sense of relief because I... I, well, because it was peace, like we got to leave and I got to catch my breath again. And I had that space that I needed so freaking desperately. The escape felt awesome. And I knew, I mean, I knew without a doubt, all of my little concerns and little like, ooh, where's this going to go? Because we don't even live near one another. And, you know, all this stuff, all of my answers just came to me absolutely immediately. Like, this is done with a capital D. (laughs) Like, we are out. And I remember being in line at the Oak Park Mall making some returns the day after Christmas And I called him and told him it was over. I didn't tell him why. I think he knew. I mean, I think I was vague and just said, you know, after getting the kids together and spending Christmas together, I just don't see us, you know, moving forward. Sad but true. So so here's what I learned from it, right? I don't know that I really rushed things per se. I mean, this was a relationship of a few months with a guy that I was very into. I, again, like the relationship progressed pretty naturally. I didn't see any major flags, definitely not with him personally. Um, You know, here's the deal. I think the hardest question for parents with little kids, like young kids, younger than 13, especially is like when probably at any age, but you have to be extra cautious. It feels like, you know, of introducing your kids to people you are dating or are in a relationship with. When is the right time? Are they going to be scarred for life if we break up? Are they going to get attached to this person? And then it's going to be like even more traumatic if it doesn't work out. Here's what I know. Had I not seen my daughter interact with Funkel, I wouldn't have seen the fact that they didn't really click, that Lainey pushed back against him, that he wasn't as warm with Lainey as he was with the kids in his family. He wouldn't have freaked out because he did. He freaked out on many occasions, especially because I got to tell you, he was alone with Lainey a couple of times um, in that year and a half together. And he freaked out. And had he not been in that position, I mean, how long could we have dated? You know, if Lainey was not in the picture at all, Funkel and I could have dated two or three years maybe and then figured out that, it definitely was not going to work. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it. it's like the same, the same with the guy with the kids that, you know, lived in a different part of the city. It's like, if, if we hadn't gotten our children together, if I hadn't witnessed him parenting, I wouldn't have known that those dynamics were not right for us either. So I don't regret it for that reason. And quite frankly, again, I could have dated him probably happily for a long time and never known the difference. And so I think that there is something to be said for putting yourself in those situations to see, you know, your boyfriend or girlfriend parent and to see how your kids actually do or do not get along. It's pretty obvious when it's good and it's really obvious when it's bad. So I don't know. I'm not a big advocate of delaying that for long periods of time thinking that you're going to spare everyone. I think there can actually be more harm done in the buildup and the waiting and all of that too. I'd say for sure exercise some caution and Maybe learn from my mistake and uh, don't spend Christmas Eve together <laughs> as the trial run. Yeah, that probably was not the wisest, wisest idea I ever had. Probs not, but I guess you live and learn and we all survived. So this really leads me up to the next guy that I dated who had children 
He was my ex-husband, and his two daughters were my stepdaughters. So when my ex and I met, I loved it that he had two daughters right around the age of mine because he was a girl dad. He got it. We had only been dating a few weeks when he told me that I should drop by his place and meet them on what was probably a Saturday afternoon. He was like, let's just keep it casual. Just drop by. Like, we know we're on to something here. You're going to meet him sooner or later. Just drop by and say hi. So I did. I was super excited. Like, I totally remember, like, buying a new outfit. I went out and seriously, like, bought little gifts for them. They were, like, these little magnetic bracelets that I found, like, at Nordstrom. And I I wanted it to go well. It meant a lot to me. He and I had a very, very intense and strong connection out of the gates. And we were both convinced that we were definitely on to something. We were in a relationship after like one day of knowing one another. We were very hot and heavy. I was amped to meet his girls. He had talked about them a lot. I had seen tons of pictures. So I was excited to drop by his place and pay them a quick little visit. So when I got there um, over to his apartment, downtown Kansas City, the girls were in like beanbag chairs, watching a show, playing with toys on the floor. They both acted little shy. They didn't quite know how to look me in the eyes and talk to me. But within a few minutes, his oldest daughter was sitting on my lap. Like she was eating this up. She was like totally enjoying my company, which just made me feel like so awesome. It was going so well. So I hung out with the girls, with him right there, and we just talked and got to know one another. And before you knew it, they were inviting me to a birthday party at their aunt and uncle's house for one of their cousins that was going on that evening. Like, can you come with us, Stacy? Will you come to the party with us? And I looked at their dad and I was like, oh, (laughs) you know, and he's like, you should come. Definitely you should come. So I did. That's how it all started. Supernaturally, with good intentions, big open hearts all around, very loving, very sweet, very easy, easy. And isn't that the key? Like, you know, things are going well when it just comes together so naturally. So I went to this family birthday party and met everyone. I mean, we were like a few weeks in, you guys, and I met parents and siblings and nieces and nephews and everyone. And I was happy to. Totally enjoyed it. So within weeks, he also met my daughter. He was very loving and kind to her. She was happy to meet him cautiously happy. She was a little guarded with him too. And I can't say I blame her. It actually wasn't that long off the heels of the, um, the Christmas Eve situation. It was just a few months after that. So we actually just dove right in with our children in the same way that we dove headfirst into love with one another And thankfully, the kids got along great. I mean, they had their, you know, little moments where there was an odd man out because there were three of them. And since my daughter was right in the middle of the other two, she would get kind of pulled in different directions over the course of time based on interests, you know, that changed. Was it Minecraft or was it just dance or was it, you know, crafting and drawing or makeup or whatever, whatever she was more into and got invited to do by one of the other girls, like to play with them. You know, it was just kind of hit and miss over the course of time. So there were like little things that would come up, but for the most part, it was just 
easy. With his travel schedule for work and his weekend schedule with his children and my, you know, every other weekend schedule with my daughter as well, we literally never would have seen one another to date and to grow our relationship if we did not involve our children. There was just no getting around it. There would have been no time together if we didn't involve them. Now, I will say when Lainey was little, she was in kindergarten when we started dating and my ex would come over to our house after I had put her to bed. It actually worked out really well. When he was in town for work, he would do his thing. He would work. He would go home. He would run. He would eat his dinner. He would grab a bottle of wine and he'd swing by to my place. Well, by then, my little girl was fast asleep in bed. So we would catch up from the day. We would watch a movie. We would hang out. He would sleep over and he would rise early and leave the house and she would not be any of the wiser. Except she still, to this day, pokes fun and tells me, but do you remember, mom, the time that he left his glasses on your nightstand? (laughs) I sure do, Lainey. Yeah, so he had slept over and it was one of the very first times early in our relationship. And he left his he left his reading glasses on my nightstand. And Lainey was like, well, whose are these, mommy? <laughs> so she caught us. She totally caught us, but she definitely, definitely did not know about like every other sleepover that happened every other night of our relationship. She was just totally out of it and it worked out pretty well for the most part. So with our dynamics with the kids, you know, there definitely were flags that popped up um, that I 100% ignored. He didn't have any rules. From what I could tell, there weren't many rules at mom's house either. The girls didn't naturally put seatbelts on without having to be reminded or made to do so. They didn't brush their teeth. They didn't go to bed at a certain time. They didn't have any rules. It's a very foreign idea to them. So where we started running into trouble was my very regulated, scheduled, you know, child was put in scenarios where I would have to tell her, you know, well, these are my rules. It's 10 o'clock, so it's time to brush your teeth. Let's say your prayers. Let's tuck you in. And she would say, but, 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 they're still up. They don't have to brush their teeth. They get to they get to sleep on the couch and watch the TV till they fall asleep. How come I don't get to do that? So that was happening while we were dating. And I knew it was a problem. Definitely knew it was a problem. What I thought was that, first of all, I thought I could overcome that problem by getting him on the same page with me, getting the girls acclimated to like a schedule, a routine, sitting at a dinner table together, you know, not eating in other rooms or whatever. Like I had always maintained like this very orderly schedule and house and I thought that they would just fall right into it. And that was a struggle. It was something that they weren't used to. What I thought was that it was just like because it was weekends with their dad. So I thought, well, I mean, I get it. Like, it's just loose because it's weekends and whatever. Like, if it was during the week or, you know, if we all lived together, like, they would acclimate to our new, you know, house rules and things would be different. That, I I was dead ass wrong. I was dead ass wrong on that. There were just not any rules in place anywhere, anywhere, not, not rules that were like instilled in them or routines that were expected or yeah, it was just very, a very haphazard life. And it was not the children's fault in any way, shape or form. Every single trouble or um, challenge that we had in co-parenting was 100% percent the adult's fault. (laughs) And you better believe every single flag that I saw of, 
you know, no structure, no rules, no consequences, no punishments, no expectations, all of those things that I noticed um, easily when these kids were little played out the rest of our lives together for eight years. Um, Nothing changed. Nothing changed at all. It wasn't just the fact that it was a weekend. Um, That's just how he and his ex operated and I believe still do today. So the little things like, um, you know, not instilling a bedtime would play out, you know, as teenagers that would be on their phones until one in the morning because no one cared enough to take their phone away and make them go to sleep or, you know, hold them accountable for being where they said they would be, you know, in the middle of the night or, uh, you know, no consequences for, for you know, bigger things that happened as, as these kids got older because it was never instilled in them when they were little. Not their fault. They're the kids. Again, the parenting stuff that I noticed early on I should have paid credence to. I should have paid attention because they, you know, within our marriage, um, it was a problem. We had plenty of things to argue and disagree about, but it's very challenging, you know, when you see traditional families try to get on the same page with discipline and, you know, normal like child rearing, but it's, it's even harder, I think, when you're a step parent and you're trying to get on the same page. And the love was there um, all around from the get-go. That never waned, you know, but the challenge of parenting was always hard. I also really need to point out the fact that there's some extreme stuff here. I think it's very unusual in, you know, we'll just call it 2015, 2016, whatever, for people to not expect their children to wear seatbelts. I think that's highly unusual. But in our house, that was normal. I, whenever I would drive our children around, I would seriously have to wait and ask them. And in some cases, ask multiple times to put seatbelts on because that was not an expectation from either of their parents. Really strange to me, just like little things of looking out for the safety, well-being, health of children was not routine to them. So when I give my examples, I also want to acknowledge that I think that they're kind of extreme and unusual. And I certainly wouldn't want to scare everybody off of like blending families and and co-parenting and all these things because I know, because I've seen it, I know it can go well. And I know that it can be an awesome and loving and wonderful situation with the right people all on the same page. Unfortunately, I have never been lucky enough to experience that. It takes, you know, all of the parents involved um, working together for the mutual love and benefit of the children involved. And that was never the case in in my situation, in my second marriage. And it's a sad, sad thing. But I also don't think it's the norm. I don't think what I experienced is what most experience. So when I tell stories from that second marriage of mine, (laughs) I just want to be real clear that I know it's not the norm. And I also want to remind you to not get to... um, like dismayed by by any sort of negativity that I project. That is not what I'm here for. <laughs> not what I'm here for at all. So those are my early experiences though with kids um, and dating with little kids. So it probably comes as no surprise that I'm a little standoffish to date men with little kids at this point. 
because of the challenges I went through in my second marriage of blending families and getting on the same page, in particular with the other parents involved. It was really hard and it was a lot of years together struggling through it. As I've mentioned before in previous podcasts and several interviews that I've done, Lainey and I have nothing but love in our hearts for his girls and definitely want nothing but good things, happy, healthy, lovely things for them and for their dad. So all in all, I mean, it's a big chunk of life and I don't have regrets. I feel fortunate to have been a stepmom for the years that I was. I feel glad that Lainey had stepsisters in the two of them that she had. I'm glad for all of the shared memories, for the love, for the fun, good times. Of course, the hard part now is grieving. It's totally mourning the loss of those relationships, of those girls that we shared our lives with. Lainey and I both struggle. I mean, it's no wonder I'm guarded against dating men with kids and, and yeah, in general, I mean, dating in general, I'm having a hard time putting myself out there and opening my heart back up because I've lost so much. That's human nature. So for now, I do what I do. I focus on my girl, focus on things I can control. I can work on myself. I can learn I can reflect on my experiences and try to make good choices going forward. So that's what I'm over here trying to do. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to episode 27, Single Parent Dating Part 1, The Early Years. (laughs) As you would expect, next week in episode 28, I will share single parent dating part two, and I will talk about this period of life that I've been going through for the past couple of years out there in the dating world, only this time with a teenager. (laughs) So thanks again so much for listening. Please do consider clicking on the buy me a coffee link. Every donation that is made goes directly into the show to produce a high quality sounding podcast for your enjoyment.